Well, hello, everybody. This is again Iris, Pastor Iris, coming to say hello. And we have missed you. And, and we've got our man from Ireland. We've got Hugh. Hugh, I know you're there because we've been talking. Hello, Iris. It's nice to hear from you again. Great to be here with you in Jesus' mighty name. Yeah, well done for being here this month. It's such a hectic month for everybody, isn't it? With everything that's going on. But so, uh, yeah, well done, Hugh. Thank you. Um, I think we're going to go into Exodus. No, sorry, Ezekiel, isn't it? Ezekiel again. Yes. Um, that's really, really uh, such a lot here to learn, and it's really good. And Ezekiel 36, verse 32, 33. 33, 33. 33. Yeah. And uh, taking it from there, thus saith the Lord one more time. He says thus saith the Lord a lot, doesn't he? He does indeed. Yeah. He likes to know he likes us to know who's speaking. Absolutely. I'm listening. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, thank you, Aris. And uh, thank the listeners and those that are able to watch the video. And um, we just praise God for his truth, for his word. We praise God for the, the heart that God has uh, in him for that nation which he brought into being as a distinct uh, a nation which he had chosen in the life of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. He took them round a piece of real estate in the Middle East and uh, he said this is a land that he had chosen and he wanted to take the descendants of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob to bring them into that land and to bless it and to bless them as his people. That was the plan and that was what God did in his plan uh, but unfortunately, uh, the weakness that was in human nature and in human flesh, Israel failed miserably in that agreement. God maintained his agreement. He said he would keep his presence with them. He said he would look after them, and he did. But when they turned away from him to worship idols and they get into all sorts of nonsense, even burning their children to the false idols of the nations, and the heathens that were around about, God had to discipline them. So it was like a relationship uh, between God and them. Sometimes they would gravitate towards obeying the Lord and everything was well. And other times they turned their back on him. And then things had to go in such a manner that they were disciplined. Because God is a holy God. And God will not want his name to be trailed through the dust or the dirt. Especially by people that have made an agreement with himself, and that's the whole basis. So here we are in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 36. It's a tremendous few chapters here where God is actually beginning to show forth what's in his heart, what's in his mind towards this nation of Israel. So this is not about the church of the Lord Jesus. This is about the literal nation of Israel in its relationship to God under God's promise and God's oath that he had made with them. Although they mess messed up with that agreement which they made going into the promised land, God maintained the promise that he made to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. He swore, he lifted his hand and he swore that he would keep them as his people. So though they go through the fire 
and the floods and the trouble. God still has a plan for Israel. So let's keep that in mind as we approach these scriptures. Verse 33, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. Sometimes I read from the Authorized Version, New King James Version, or may even refer to all the, all the other translations. I have about 50 plus translations in my hands, but these are the basics that I like to look at in verse 33. Thus says the Lord God, just as Aris pointed out at the beginning of our meeting, thus says the Lord God. It's God speaking. It's the Lord God that's speaking. There is nobody greater. There is no other God existing except this God that's speaking. This is the Lord God Almighty. And indeed, it's even the Lord Jesus, we could say, because he is the Lord that was appointed by the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost to bring into being the creation of angels, of humans, of, of nature. The Lord Jesus is the creator of all that. So we can quite rightly call him the Lord God also. Thus says the Lord God. This is a unified call from the Godhead. Thus says the Lord God. There are three persons in the Godhead. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There are not three gods, one God, three persons. Each person, as we know today, revealed as a distinct task. God the Father is watching over all. The Lord Jesus has taken upon himself the task of being born into a human womb of a, of a virgin lady, young woman in Israel. And the Holy Spirit is the power and the presence of God that's moving around all of creation, all of heaven, and especially has been sent on a mission to this earth, to the church of the Lord Jesus. But here's God is speaking as the Lord God Almighty. Thus says the Lord God, listen carefully now, on the day that I cleanse you from all your iniquities, from the day, on the day that I cleanse you from all your iniquities. You see, there is a day coming that God has appointed specially to bring salvation, redemption, and a, and a, and a fullness to the nation of Israel. That's a glorious and a wonderful day. God brought the day of salvation to the Gentiles, first to the Jews, and then into the Gentile nations. God has reaped the people from the Gentile nations for himself. But this is, a, this is an occasion that God is saying that what he did amongst the Gentiles, reaching down and reaping a, a, a nation of, of believers and salvation, there's coming a day that God says he will cleanse Israel from all their iniquities. In other words, there's a day coming when their iniquities will not even be brought into the equation anymore. And that has only been able to be achieved because the Son of God died on Calvary and shed his blood. The price for sin has been shed. Hallelujah. Jesus shed his blood, and that's the blood of the everlasting covenant. God has made a new covenant, this time not with Israel, not with the Gentiles, not with any secular people, but God has made a covenant and an agreement with his son, who is the firstborn from the dead. He's the firstborn of a new creation. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. So because of what Jesus has done, Yeshua, 
and giving himself and shedding his life's blood, God has entered into a covenant and said, those that follow Yeshua, yes, Jesus, those that give their heart to him and that Jesus accepts them because he knows their heart. He knows where they are and they're called out of darkness and his most marvelous light. Those people know the cleansing power of God. And, and there is a day that God says he will do something special to this nation of Israel that he's gathering back from the nations. He will pour out a spirit of grace and supplication, a, a, a spirit of repentance, a spirit that will change their hearts and their lives in a way which they could never be changed by trying to obey the law. The law brought a, a measure of life, earth life, to people when they obeyed God's ways. But this is now speaking of another type of life. This is eternal life, eternal life, a special life in the Lord Jesus. And that's done through a, a, a being born again by the Spirit and being cleansed through the precious blood of Jesus. God said he's going to bring this cleansing on, on a certain day at his time in the nation of Israel. But brothers and sisters, just let me deviate for a minute and say that the process of that cleansing has already started in Israel because there are many Jewish people today in Israel professing that they are believers in Yeshua. They confess Jesus, Yeshua, as their Messiah and as their Lord. And as we speak, God is saving more and more people in the nation of Israel. So there is a work of salvation and sanctification going on right as we speak within that returned group of people known as the nation of Israel today, the, the inheritance and the survivors of that promise. So there is a secular return of physical people who are known as Jews, but those secular Jews are also becoming spiritually into the new kingdom. Just as the Gentiles, uh, Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world, he said to Pilate, otherwise my servants would fight. But you see, God's kingdom is in the hearts of people. We are the people of God scattered throughout the world, both Jew and Gentile. We come together as one nation spiritually, and we're waiting for that day when the Lord Jesus shall return and we shall be joined together with himself forever will be with the Lord. That's wonderful. Amen. That's a great promise. Hallelujah. And that's something to look forward to. But God says there's a day here of cleansing coming from all your iniquities. I will also, on that day, I will also enable you to dwell in the cities and the ruins shall be rebuilt. So this building of Israel also will be expanded in a mighty way on that day. He says in verse 34, the desolate land shall be tilled instead of lying desolate in the sight of all who pass by. Desolation mm -hmm. was what Jesus said was going to happen to the nation of Israel. He says, woe to them because he wanted to gather them together, but they rejected God's son. They rejected the Messiah and there would be a time of desolation and destruction upon this nation. That's also the desolation which 
uh, Daniel the prophet seen and spoke about that they as a nation of Israel would come under a tremendous uh, judgment of God. The day of God's judgment would fall upon Israel. And that's exactly what happened. You know, it's an interesting thing. In the last seven years of the 70 weeks of Daniel, Jesus came in the first part of that week and he was unctionized by the spirit. He was identified as the Messiah and he was baptized in water and the spirit of the living God came upon the son of God and showed who he was. He was the anointed one. He was the unction. And John bear witness, John the Baptist bear witness. And he even heard God speaking from heaven. And he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hallelujah. Thank God. God has found a man that he can be well pleased with. Don't let anybody fool themselves. God's not pleased with any other man born in the face of this earth. There's only one special person. And his name is Yeshua, Jesus, the son of the living God. But here he is. The land would be desolate and Jesus warned him. And true to God's word, that's what happened. In the middle of that seven years that God gave him to, re to respond and to relate to Yeshua, they put him to death and handed him to the, to the Roman powers. And, and then Jesus walked 40 days after his ascension or before his ascension. Well, he ascended to the heaven, presented himself to his father, came back and walked 40 days with his believers. On 40 days, he spoke to them. That was an exclusivity. Nobody in the world seen him except those believers. And then when he went back to heaven, he was promised. The angel says, why are you looking up into heaven? Get on with the job. This same Jesus that you see going to heaven shall come back again. And that's the whole promise that took place. But here's the thing now. 30 years, Jesus in ministry, 33 and a half. 40 years later, there was an opportunity of salvation given to the Jews and also to the Gentiles. There were the first fruits. God took the first fruits from the Jews and also the beginning of the first fruits of the Gentiles within the next 40 years. On an AD 70, the judgment fell upon Israel. Let me just say that when Jesus died on the cross, it's worth repeating. When Jesus died on the cross and was breathing his last breath, and he said that it's finished, that was God's great accomplishment and plan. God tore up that agreement. It says that the hands of God came. If it wasn't God's hands, it was the hands of an angel. But it tore up the veil in the temple where God said he would keep his presence. So that was open now for whosoever will, because God had departed from that agreement. That agreement was no longer in effect. That agreement, that's not the law of God I'm talking about. That's the agreement the people had with God, that he would be their God. They would be his people. They would follow him and obey him. Yeah. And they broke that agreement. And eventually, at the death of his son, God tore up that, that veil. But that's what we are talking about here, the desolate land. That's why God calls it the desolate land, because since AD 70, mm -hmm. right through until 
well, we can even say 1948, <laughs> but it was a desert dust bowl. And the Gentiles, both Islamic and so-called Christian, trod underfoot that land and the people of Israel, the Jewish people, were scattered throughout that land. That land lay desolate and um, they desolate for generations. But God says here, the desolate land shall be tilled instead of lying desolate in the sight of all who pass by. Are you still with me, Iris? Is this okay? Yeah, definitely. The desolate land shall be tilled instead of lying desolate. This is God speaking in the sight of all who pass by. Now, that has begun. That process has begun, especially since 1948, when Israel became a nation and the farmers came into the land and God started the process of blessing the land with water, blessing the soil with blessing, blessing the people and encouraging and strengthening the people. And let me say while I'm, I'm here speaking, I don't know how much time God has given me, but I'll say this, that as time goes on, we can only expect to see God blessing this piece of real estate. We can only expect to see those people coming under pressure because there's not enough land for them. We can expect to see the pressure inside Israel because of the blessing on the nations outside of Israel, recognizing more and more there's something good going on in this little nation here. There's something good, but there's chaos. There's chaos. There's confusion and there's darkness amongst the Gentiles. They've had their visitation of the gospel and it has produced the fruit of blessedness and righteousness, but now they've turned away and they're turning their back upon God. But God says here, I'm looking at this land and I'm speaking, thus saith the Lord, so that those that in the sight of all pass by, so they now will say, this land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden. How's that for a thought? Did you think the Garden of Eden was finished? Well, here it's going to be again. And I'm telling you, Jesus will be sitting in Jerusalem when this fullness comes and the land becomes like a garden. Jesus is not coming to a dust bowl. He's coming to a land that's just like the Garden of Eden. Hallelujah. That's where he deserves the best possible real estate in the world. And that's why God knew what he was doing. He chose that land those years ago. Yeah. 4,000 or 2,000 or 3,500 3, years ago, he chose that land because he was thinking, my son's going to sit here. Hallelujah. My son's going to sit here and he's going to rule and govern all the nations of the earth. Doesn't matter about the United Nations. Doesn't matter about the governments that's in power today. When God says it's time, I'm going to send my son, all the nations will be awakened to know especially that Jesus has returned. And they'll say this has become like the Garden of Eden. I'm getting blessed up here just reading these words. <laughs> like the Garden of Eden. And the, waste, the wasted, desolate and ruined cities are now fortified. You see, this is this is the day when, when Israel still has planes, guns, 
and there's still a possibility of conflict. So fortification is being built into Israel. Israel is able to um, defend itself. So nations that try to do something against Israel, God will use their fortifications on their means and even his own, his own mighty spiritual ways, which he has done of old. He will use them to defeat and destroy the nation. There is nobody, there is no nation on earth or nations of the earth going to come and suppress and destroy Israel. That Those days are over, believe me. You want to be blessed? You better bless Israel. It's time to bless Israel. If you want to be blessed, pray for Israel. And pray for the blessing of Jerusalem. And the, rain, and the ruined cities are now fortified uninhabited. That's what God is saying. Now listen, the nations of the world, who am I? I'm nobody in this little, this little uh, study I've got here. I'm nobody. But this word here is the almighty God speaking. And the nations of the earth need to take note because all your counselors and all your mediums and all your wizards and all your clever men don't count for anything when it comes to this truth. God has a purpose. God has a plan. And I can say that God's going to do it and God will do it. Then the nations which are left all around you shall know. Now, I do believe that that is speaking very much, and we'll get that on the next chapter, that's speaking very much when Yeshua is actually sitting on his throne in Jerusalem. There will be no mistake about it. Then all around shall know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt the ruined places and planted. You see, they will see Yeshua. He will have his administrative center in Jerusalem. It's yeah. going to be amazing. And, and planted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken it, and I will do it. Does anybody out there that's listening to me, does anybody out there want to contradict the word of the living God? No. Where are you? <laughs> Where are you? This is the Lord God speaking. Amen. The same God that holds your breath in his hand. Yeah. Just take your breath away. Where are we? But just fall to the ground and a heap. But the same God is saying, I, the Lord, have spoken it and I will do it. This word needs to be spoken to the nations of the earth. They need to hear this and they need to recognize and understand that they need to comply and prepare and prepare and get ready for that coming. Not resist it because it's not going to change. Thus says the Lord God, I will also let the house of Israel inquire of me. You see, God says, I will open the door at that point in time of blessing. When I establish the reign, the kingship of my son, we're going to get that in the next chapter more clearer. Amen. So don't be thinking this is all there is. It's not. There's more coming. and It's even better. But God says, when he's sitting there, Jesus, Yeshua is sitting as king of kings and lord of lords in his regal, his regal robes, heavenly regal majestic robes surrounded by the, with the angels of, of the fire of God around him and all the saints. What a sight. 
they will know, they will know. And I will tell you that they will know for sure. I will increase their men like a flock. God says, I'm going to bless Israel. There's going to be a population explosion there. Children, yeah. babies born left, right, and center. <laughs> I can't stop it. I can't stop. I can't stop it. So someone should keep a track on how many babies are being born in Israel from 1948, and they'll see the graph going up. Like a flock offered for as holy sacrifices, like the flock at Jerusalem on its feast days. God is thinking about the good old days when on this feast days that people rallied round and brought the flocks to, for sacrifice. There were so many people. There were so many flocks. It was just amazing. So shall the ruined cities be filled with flocks of men. You see, God has it in his mind to increase the population of Israel and increase the blessing. That's a place of abundance. That's a place of blessing. All the blessings that the Gentiles experienced, which changed the world from being a place of poverty, sickness and disease, that blessing is now being poured and will be poured more and more upon this little nation of Israel. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. Now that's the end of chapter 36. How are we doing, Aris, for time? Karis is the boss. She's the director and the timekeeper, the chief timekeeper. <laughs> well, you, you, you've only, you haven't really worked hard enough yet. That's only about half an hour. I think you should work a bit harder. Okay, right. Let's, <laughs> let's turn up the, 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 the tempo up, up here. Now. Yeah, turn up the fuel. <laughs> Verse, uh, chapter 37. Now, after saying, God saying all that he said about Israel, bringing them back, not for their sakes, but for his name's sake. Twice he said it in that chapter. Now God wants to give an indication and an idea of the practicalities of that. So now Ezekiel, how would you like to be in Ezekiel's sandals? Ezekiel now has taken, it says here, and the hand of the Lord came upon me. You know, when you feel a hand on your shoulder, oh, who's that? But Ezekiel found a hand on his shoulder <laughs> or on his head at times Paul, God took him and showed him terrible things within the temple but on this occasion the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord so it's one thing to be a person it's another thing to be a servant of God and a child of God and let me say every God blood washed God inspired believer is a child of God and God makes no difference there are different ministries there are different gifts but as far as God's concerned they're all his children and the spirit of the Lord is available for every child of God he says the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord we need to be in the spirit of the Lord we should ask God for his spirit we need to yield ourselves to know the spirit of the lord what's the problem today is and and this virus has shaken the whole thing up but everything was so compacted the holy spirit had no room to move and neither had the believers but here the spirit of the lord that's what we need you know paul says in uh, corinthians where the spirit of the lord is 
there is liberty. God wants his people to experience a new liberty. We need to know the liberty. We need to know the gifts of the spirit. We need to know the headship of Jesus. Jesus is quite capable of telling his body what to do, where to go, left, right, straight forward, or what way. He's quite capable. But you see, we tie the Holy Spirit outside and say, we want to work this out ourselves. We're going to form this committee or this we meeting and we'll decide ourselves. No, that was not the way of the early church. They came together and they sought the face of the Lord. They put their need and their request unto the Lord and the Lord answered them. Now, Ezekiel was being brought by the spirit of the Lord and set me down. Well, thank God there's a place to be set down. He was set down in the midst of the valley. So maybe he thought he was going for a little holiday, <laughs> some holiday. Just watch this valley he sat down in, yeah. in the midst of the valley. Maybe he had a, a deep breath and says, oh, thank God for a rest, you know, but God had something there to show him. And he says, and it was full of bones. <laughs> what sort of a valley is this? Full of bones. How do you feel if you're sat down in the valley and you look around you, as far as your eye can see, left, right, behind you, right around you, there's all these bones lying, bones and bones. Before we started this recording, I was reminding Aris of a wee, a wee song we used to sing years ago, or some used to sing it, those bones, those bones, those dry bones. And that's what, that's where they got this, this, that song from. This, this vision of Ezekiel in the valley, in the midst of a valley of full of bones. Then he caused me. You see, God says, come on, Ezekiel. I don't want you just to be standing still there. I've brought you here to show you something because I want you to write this down. It's going to be recorded. And these people in the United Kingdom and in America and in Russia and in China and all the nations, of it, they're going to be reading about this experience. So I want you to come on, move. And he, and he caused me to pass by them all around. So Ezekiel had to walk around and look at all these bones. I mean, what would that do to your head? All these bones. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. So there was these bones and bones and bones and bones all in this valley. And, and the word of God says here, and indeed they were very dry. So these bones were very dry. Used for nothing. Finished. And he said to me, it's bad enough looking at all these bones, but when God speaks to you and he says to you, son of man, can these bones live? What a question. What a question. How do you answer that question? You look at all these bones. He says, son of man, can these bones live? You see, God knows how to ask, ask questions, but also God knows how to answer them. And God has an answer. Now, I see here that Ezekiel was clever enough to answer God in a good way. So I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. So Ezekiel had discovered the best way to ask God answer God's questions is to tell him 
you know the answer. And I want to say today that God knows the answer to all your questions. God has the answer to all our questions, no matter what they are. So he says, oh, Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, now this is where God starts to enter in to the ministry of the servant of God, prophesy to these bones. I mean, it's one thing prophesying to people who are alive and breathing and have flesh on them and who can speak. But now these are bones which are dry and they're just lying on the ground, helpless and hopeless. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O oh, dry bones. Now let me tell you this. I don't think God for one instance is interested in dry bones. There's a purpose here in this story. And that's for helping us to understand what God's going to do to the dry bones of the nation of Israel. Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Prophesy to them. And can you imagine the prophet speaking to these bones? If anybody had him in there, he would have said, this man's crazy. He's prophesying to bones that are dry and dead and lying on the ground. But sometimes God tells you to do something which seems foolish, but it's not foolish to God because God is a God of the impossible. There's nothing too hard with God. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Now that's the difference. God's now speaking. Thus say the Lord. It's not Ezekiel. Ezekiel's prophesying, but it's thus says the Lord God to these bones. You see, let me say that God is absolutely and totally in control of this world. Even the bones that are walking around with flesh on them, he's in control of these bones. He's in control of these dead bones, these dry bones, but he's also in control of everybody else's bones. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. That's a statement. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you. Why should we be amazed if God can heal us, if God can heal the sick, if God can heal the infirm, if God had, can heal somebody that has a problem? We shouldn't be amazed because God can put sinews, God can work on the flesh, God can do anything because God has made us. Let's trust the Lord. Let's believe the Lord for healing and for help in our infirmities. Cover you with skin and put breath in you. You see, God knows exactly how to create and how to make a human being. God knows about the flesh. God knows about the sinews. God knows about the bones. God knows about everything in the human body, more so than any of all the scientists, medical scientists, have discovered thus far. He knows it intricately and intimately every part of a human body because he put it together and he wove it together in the womb and you shall live. God's saying to these bones, I'm going to make you live. You, you, you look hopeless, helpless, dried out of no use, but I am going to make you live. Yeah. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. This is God's way of expressing that he's going to show that he is the Lord. 
show Ezekiel did what a, 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 a good prophet and a true prophet does. He obeyed the Lord. So he says in verse 7, So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, hallelujah. You see, God says, just have the faith. Just believe me. Whatever I'm telling you to do, do it. Just believe me. This is not nonsense now. This, don't be getting carried away. But in the reality of life, when God speaks to you and commands you to do something, you do it. And this prophet does it. He doesn't imagine it. This was not his dream. This was not his imagination. This was the word of God coming to him and the, and the presence of God speaking to him and the spirit of the Lord motivating him. And he had to prophesy because that was his gifting and his calling. And as I, I was commanded and as I prophesied, there was a noise. Hallelujah. You know something, when God starts to move, there's always a noise. People want, the devil wants you to be quiet. Be quiet. Say nothing. But God says, no, 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 no. Whenever I start to move, there's a noise. And suddenly, and that's where some churches need, they need to make a noise. Yeah. They need to make a noise about praising the Lord Jesus and exalting him and worshiping God. And I say, when Jesus comes back, he's coming back with a great noise, a great shout, and the voice of the archangel. There will be a great noise when Jesus returns and comes back to this earth, and it can be very soon. And suddenly, a rattling. So there was a noise and a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them. And the skin covered him over. What a wonderful vision that would have been to be standing in Ezekiel's sandals, to watch all these bones shaking, the flesh coming on, things starting to move. It was a marvelous, miraculous situation, but there was no breath in them. So the bones came together, the flesh, the sinews, all these people were now lying there, not moving, but there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy some of man and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God. Now listen to me, when God speaks, even to nature, when God speaks supernaturally, there is a movement, there is a, an obedience. Prophesy to the breath, prophesy some of man and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, and they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. And let me say here that this is exactly what God has done. Oh, he's going to say it in the next verse. He's, he's ahead of me here. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. God is saying prophetically that this is what he's doing on the whole house of Israel. Let me just say in passing here quickly that the history of Israel was not really good. God delivered them from Egypt. They murmured. They, they, they complained. 
And then when he brought them to Sinai, and then when he brought them to the Jordan to pass over, they listened to the wrong, wrong spies and they said no. And they went back into the wilderness and every one of them died, including Moses. And God brought their, their children into the holy land, into the promised land. And there they were conquering the nations, getting set up. And then they wanted a king. Listen, and God gave them three kings, Saul, David, and Solomon. But unfortunately, even Solomon, with all his glory and with all his wisdom, he brought the idolatry of many wives into Israel, into the house of the Lord even. And that caused God to bring a curse upon Israel and divide the nation into two nations. The northern part being known as Israel, the southern part being known as Judah. But God's speaking here. He's saying that the whole house of Israel, he wants everybody to know this, that God's working and bringing together the whole house of Israel. He's bringing together the 12 tribes, the remnant, the survivors of those 12 tribes he's bringing together. <clears throat> We're nearly finished here, Aris. Have we got five minutes? Yeah, we have. Okay. Our bones, they indeed say our bones are dry. This is the whole house of Israel. Our hope is lost and we ourselves are cut off. That was the terrible place of Israel after over the thousand uh, 1900 years they were left in a terrible lost, dry terrible helpless situation God says well I'm going to bring them back here thus says the Lord God behold oh my people you see God's heart goes out because of the covenant that he made to Yeshua first and foremostly also to Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob and to the nation and to David and even to Solomon Behold, O oh my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. So in a sense, the children of Israel that are scattered throughout the Gentile nations, it's like they're dead and finished and gone. But God says, I'm going to bring you back into the land of Israel. We have seen that happening in our generation. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O oh my people and brought you up from your graves. I will put my spirit in you. We can expect the spirit of the Lord to work in Israel, to work on the Jewish nation, and to bring them back to that land, and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. You see, that's their own land. Doesn't matter what people say. That's their land that God gave them. It's his land. And if they were absent, so they were absent. But now they're coming back to their land and God is watching over them. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. Those people in Israel today that are Jewish, the young people that are born there and growing up there, that generation, they're beginning to realize and understand the history of Israel. And they're beginning to realize and understand that something's happening, that they're enjoying a life which their forefathers never had. And that's exactly a situation today. And I just want to, before we close off, say that in the coming passages, verse 15, here in the scriptures, 
we begin to see God's promise of sending one kingdom, one king over this kingdom, and that's the Lord Jesus. So that's in front of us, God willing. If Aris keeps us on here, and uh, if we can get into that next session, these things go so quickly. But yet, I don't know how much time, how much time we've used up. We've used up quite a bit of time. Yeah. So yeah. thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Aris, for permission to share these things, and thank the Lord for His presence, His peace, and His blessing upon His church, and upon Israel, and upon this radio station, and upon Sister Aris and her family, and upon yourself who's listening or watching, and all the families that you're associated with. We give you the blessing of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Well, again, another exciting time. You said it, it goes so fast. I'm in here and I'm going, but we've got more. <laughs> we've got more. It can't stop there. <laughs> no, you've got to come to the end of the bit, haven't you? you otherwise, you've got to recap next time and Golly, yeah, it, it, there is a lot in this in this particular book of Ezekiel. Yeah. And I always missed it before because I always thought it was so boring. <laughs> you know, it was just, and it, it's also to do with the version I was reading from, which was a new King James. It's never easy, the deeds and the faith and the you bite your tongue trying to say it, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> that's the old King James you're reading. Yeah, yeah, that's even worse. <laughs> Or better. <laughs> or better, yeah, it's, it's good, but it's, I take so long to read it, I fall asleep. So. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's amazing, amazing what God is, is bringing to light out of his word Amen. In, in these times. Yeah, Amen. absolutely. Absolutely. And yes, really, really sorry to say we've come to the end of the program today, everybody again. So, you know, if we can help anybody out there answer any of your questions, get in touch with my Gmail, iriswhite48 at gmail.com. And we will answer your questions, even if you just want to say hello. That's fine. We don't mind any comments. And we look forward to coming back with you soon. And we will be back. I promise you that. But bye-bye for now. And we'll see you again soon oh, and don't forget to go to the website there's going to be some more actually there's over 80 podcasts on there now and then this month's podcast this month of uh what, what whatever month we're in at the moment will go on uh i should think by the end of the month so there'll be more and just keep watching that, that podcast page on the website because it keeps filling up. And you can pick up, you know, the, the, the programs, well, the good programs, when I'm talking about the word programs, at any time. So if you haven't got time just to listen to radio and you come home a bit late and you want to pick up the word, just drop into www.radio-tcr.com. And enjoy. And we'll see you again soon. Bye-bye, everybody.